0: Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, do we have a rock star. We got Dashma Gordon in the house. You've seen her on ABC, NBC, Discovery. You might have heard that she was Happiness Hall of Fame inductee. And she's inspired millions of souls across the globe with what it is she does. She is beautiful inside and out. I'm so excited to have you, sister. Thank you for hopping on.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yes, we've only hung out for a few minutes, but I I believe that you wake up pissing excellence in the morning, sister. (laughs) You you're a keeper. (laughs) You're a so thank you, thank you for hopping on. One of the kind of the brackets you speak to is the military. Yeah, and you you talk about PTSD, you and you hit up on mental health, all of these things that I, I really am passionate about as well. What drew you to the military lane?
1: Oh, I got a lot of reasons. Well, first of all, my both of my grandfathers were in World War II. They were military. Um, my grandfather on my father's side was in England, but they were, you know, he was Jewish. So they ended up leaving Europe to come to America. So that's actually how they ended up coming to America. But um, yeah, he fought against Hitler. Hitler. And then my other grandfather is an American side. So they were both in the World War II, but just on mm, the different you fan. know, but on the same side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. But uh <laughs> But th- that was already a beautiful thing. And then when I was when I was a little kid, my mother, when I was seven, she lost her mind and she became schizophrenic. And it was the hardest thing. One of the hardest things, not the hardest thing, actually, that happened in my life. I ended up living in foster homes. And it was really interesting. So the foster, the first, one of the first foster homes that I lived in, I was at this school and the school had a unique relationship with the veterans hospital and in second grade. And every Friday, myself and a small group of other kids that did well, that we all had good grades got to go to the veterans hospital and skip the whole day of school and like go have Kool-Aid and hang out and play games with the vets. Mm. And it was so impactful for me because they were so appreciative of our energy. Like we would just come, you know, the kids are always fun, you know. And I remember this one vet, he had like a trach. He had been, you know, I don't know what happened, but he ended up with a big trach. He couldn't even breathe except for through here. And I just saw so many of them that had really been like deeply damaged. I mean, and these are physical damages that we can see. And then as I grew older in my my path of really focusing in on mental health and wellness, that I I really realized that PTSD, because I had a lot of PTSD, is so impactful. And people that don't know because maybe they don't have it, they can't even begin to understand how destructive that can be for a person in their life and how they just interact with the world it's so prevalent and i find it shocking that they said 30% of people in the military have ptsd because i'm thinking like it's got to be like a 100 i don't know how
0: yeah anybody it seems gets like a out. low number there yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, how does anybody get out without it? Like that is like, who are these people? Like maybe right. they were masterful already in their meditation. I don't know. And and people actually don't really realize that trauma doesn't have to be a gunshot or a bomb going off. Although those things are tremendously traumatizing. It can be smaller things. And, and how to be highly functional. Because I think that, I don't know if you ever fully heal it. There is like an element of soothing that, right? So it's like, there's so much, that we can do with that through the yoga path. And it's so cool because there's so much research about yoga now, like from Harvard, Stanford, all of the top universities have researched. And and this is one of the biggest benefits of yoga is healing PTSD, trauma, and then also other emotional things like, you know, insomnia or depression or anxiety. But sure. all of that is really what yoga has been proven to be most effective for.
0: Yeah, I've got... Um just a lot of lot of good nuggets there my wife's grandpa was awarded the medal of honor if you're not in the states uh what that means is that that's the highest honor you can receive in the in the military is the medal of honor it's 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 extraordinary acts of bravery that kind of stuff he was a rock star such a i learned so much from him and just listening to you talk uh yeah in in the process of learning there's a book called uh, Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, and he talks about the whole process of learning uh, those nerve fibers. Every time we have a thought, I think one of the reasons it's hard to get rid of bad habits or trauma is that we're traumatized and we're, we're, we're thinking about it a lot. I mean, it's constantly on our mind. And every time you I'm holding up a pencil for those that can't see the, the, the video, every time you have that thought, you wrap that nerve fiber. With yeah. something called myelin. And so it just keeps it's like you're mummifying your nerve fibers with tra- trauma or negative or positive or peace or solitude or whatever, whatever you're you're wrapping it in, in you're mummifying it, it never goes away ever. The only way you can get rid of it is by overcoming that with consciously making a decision to counter it with something that's going to have you being productive have you on the growth train on the positive train on some sort of thought process that's going to have you feeling more like the rock star that you are. So I love that I was uh I was writing stuff down here and you, you brought up something about um, I don't know it made me think about recovery and it made me think about how do we get going the right direction? Because nobody wants to wake up each morning feeling mediocre. Nobody should have their toes touching the floor feeling crummy. I woke up this morning. I could not wait to talk to you. I mean, I, everyone should have that opportunity in their life for their family, for their friends, for even if it's just for solitude. But yet when we're growing up, you know, we have all these really important content areas, math, science, English, the arts, you name it, all these really things that are really important but I don't know how how it was for you growing up. But for me, I didn't have one class in, in 12 years of education leading up to university where they taught me how to think. They didn't teach me things like mindfulness. Ta- they, didn't, they didn't teach about breathing. They didn't talk about meditation. They didn't talk about anything that could help you potentially be calm and feel peace inside. I didn't get any of that. I'm curious you, you said life is always speaking to us. Is is this kind of the things that you've seen in your observations and the data that you've seen as well?
1: Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I have this huge mission to bring this awareness because both because I also was a child in the schools that didn't get any of this. And if, if it would have been a part of the school curriculum, I think it would have saved myself and Billions of other people, a lot of suffering. And I think that this is a huge breakdown in the school system. The system is broken. I'll just say, I think there's a lot of things about the system that's broken. This is the number one thing is that they don't teach children how to think, like you said, how to manage even their mind or their emotions, anything about their inner world. They only teach you this like very arbitrary information. I was even thinking about one of the required reading books when I was yeah. in school and it was by Steinbeck, which, you know, he's a very wonderful classic American literature, but, you know, it was called Cannery Row. But when I was thinking about that book, because I'm, I'm up here in San Francisco, which is near right. Monterey, which is Salinas. That's a, that's where that book was written. And I wrote a, I read a whole series of Steinbeck as a child. But I remember thinking, now, looking back, I'm like, what was the point of that book? I mean, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was these people and they lived in this canning town. But it was like, there was literally nothing useful about that information. And it was required for the children to read it. And I was like, you know, it'd be so beautiful is if they would require children to read things that would be actually beneficial for their health, their well-being, their life. And like you're saying, their mindset and... That's actually part of my mission. So I have a nonprofit. It's called Bright Future Foundation. Mm -hmm. And we have an initiative called Children of the Future. And we even got an endorsement from Vice President Kamala Harris for this. My dream would be that we can have yoga and meditation and these practices as a mandatory inclusion, as a requirement for children in schools. I have seen, and you know, there's a quote by the Dalai Lama that said, if every eight-year-old would learn meditation we would eliminate violence from the world within one generation. And I actually really believe that. And I remember about 10 years ago, I saw this picture online and I posted it on Facebook and it went viral and it reached like 12 million people or something. And it, and it, w- it got shared 69,000 times. And it was a picture of 1 million children sitting and meditating for world peace in Thailand. And it was this huge thing, they would do it every year. And it's amazing to think that in America, you can't even get 10 kids to sit down for a minute, let alone a million to come together, sit and meditate. So it just showed me that it's possible. And I was actually, as a young person, uh, well, I'll say young person, when I was starting as a yoga teacher 18 years ago, I was teaching children and I I taught children and families, but basically uh, I was teaching in schools and I was teaching in the hospital and I was teaching kids yoga. And it was wonderful because even at two or three or four or five years old, very young, they were getting it. And I think a lot of people diminish or underestimate what children are capable of. And they're like, oh, what can kids do? Because adults have a harder time to learn meditation than kids do and adults have so many layers to peel away and blocks to go through to even be present and kids they're naturally very present they can't hold focus that long but they can be present and that's actually their greatest thing is to be doing whatever they're doing right there and that's their joy and so i realized this is one of the things that really sets you know the haves apart from have not right kind of like this like disparity it's just having access to this information. So we started this initiative with the Children of the Future. I'm working with the Art of Living Foundation with Shushir Avishankar. He's also been doing this for several decades. It's like water, food, and meditation should be a part of every school curriculum. And right. yes, that's part of my passion, the veterans and the children.
0: Ah, two pretty good passions, sister. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love that you're... I love that you're about the six inches between our ears. I love that we're not going to be able to dive into it a whole lot today, but I love that you talk about how 90% of happiness hormones are found in the gut and our mood, our mindsets, getting ahead, staying ahead, you know, failing prepares, preparing to fail, all of that, stu- all that stuff. I heard a study recently where data from a lot of different directions talked about how people who are... Deemed really good people, good kids, strivers, hard workers, all these things. At age 20, yeah, data shows them being unhappy when they get to 80. And it and it made me think, I guess it made me think about what you were saying, because I feel like our lens are in the wrong place. We're we're in a society where we're chasing things, where we're chasing the wrong data instead of chasing becoming. We're chasing things, and ch- instead of chasing being, we're chasing doing. You know, we're we're not chasing things that are sustainable. Generally speaking, I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm generalizing here. There's clearly people who are doing it right. What would you say for the peeps out there listening that are kind of on the fence right now? They're on the fence. This Gordon gal, she seems pretty awesome, but I don't know if I'm ready to jump both feet in or not. What would you t- say? If you had to list just a few things, these are non-negotiables. You want to be phenomenal in life. You want to be a phenomenal spouse, a phenomenal father, phenomenal friend, phenomenal employee, whatever. These are non-negotiable. If you want to be these things, you have to get it dialed in with this. You have any suggestions on any of that? Like I'm not bending on these. These are things I got to do if I'm going to be really good at these things.
1: Absolutely. First of all, I want to speak to what you just said about chasing. Mm. And I really feel, you know, my school is called Flow State Institute. And the Mm. energy of flow actually came to me as a child. I used to live by a river. And this river was always teaching me so many things. And I would just, sometimes we would float down the river. Sometimes we would sit by the river. But the river is always moving. Mm. But it's not chasing anything, right? So there's an energy of our essence, our soul, as we journey through life. And I really believe in a higher power. I believe in the universe, God, the divine, and that we do have a purpose of life and we do have a destiny in life. And I feel that when we're chasing, we are not in alignment with our purpose or our destiny because the purpose and the destiny is like that river. It just flows and Mm. it's not chasing, but it's moving forward and there's a very non-subtle difference, right? So the chasing is out of lack, out of need, out of like unfulfillment. It's saying, if I get that, I'm going to be better. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be happier. I'm going to be more fulfilled, something. And 100% of the time, you never are. Because whenever we position ourselves that we are not fulfilled. Therefore, we need something, we're lacking something. And we're going to chase it to get it because that thing is going to be the thing. It never is. Yep. And the, the masters and the wise people of history have always said the same thing, which is that true contentment. And in yoga, the word is santosha, con- inner contentment, like truly just, like you said, the beingness being and and it's an art. And it's a practice and and the contentment of being the joy of being the that you are enough and this is the number 1 lie the the belief system that circulates in humanity and a lot of it comes from the media and and all of this this idea that i'm not enough or like somebody else is better or like i got to do this and this to be something else and this constant barrage of feeling not enough that pushes people to chase something to hopefully feel more whole more fulfilled it is a trap and it will never ever produce the result that they're looking for which is true happiness peace contentment and so that's really what yoga teaches it's it's sit with your breath and enjoy this moment it's fill your heart full of gratitude for even the tiniest thing because if you're breathing you're alive and if you're alive there's something to be grateful for. And, and it's literally just teaches that. And so teaches us to be still. I mean there's a lot of movement that you can do with yoga as well. So there's yoga, there's meditation, there's breath, and the harmonic between those three. Is life changing, and it's been scientifically verified by Harvard and all sorts of research that shows it literally. And like what you were talking about earlier with the the sheath, the myocard, uh, mm-hmm. the the myelin, mm-hmm. uh, the nervous system, the brain synapses. Yep. It literally, when you do meditation, when you do yoga, it rewires those mm-hmm. neural synapses. So the way the brain works, they say the nerves that fire together wire together, right? Or like the so if you imagine if you do a habit over and over, it just goes like this, this is. And then finally, it's just like, all right, we're sticking with this because we're, <laughs> we're going to be here. And that's how we create habit is like that continuous repetition. And then it creates that solid structure. And what happens is we want to change our habits. We got to break the old ones replace them with the new one and fire together continuously with a new habit. That's that repetition, consistency, disciplined action. And that action might just be doing nothing. It doesn't have to be a doing, but it's an action of like a new way of being and just repetitively like choosing love, choosing kindness, choosing to take three breaths instead of shouting with anger. There's like so many ways that you can bring this mindfulness into life so that it, transforms your entire relationship to life, your health, your well-being, your relationships with others, your family, your loved ones. Literally, it's always coming back to this foundational aspect of you and your inner contentment with yourself. And so when you're full of joy and you're like, I'm happy with nothing. It's literally like finding those things in life where you go, no matter what, I'm going to be happy because that happiness, it's coming from within me and that deep sense of knowing that I have God is on my side. I got the best team with that. <laughs> and then I got a purpose. And a and that purpose drives me every day to be of service. And so if somebody's thinking, where do I begin? I mean, we have programs. I actually have an app as well. If they go to the flowstate.app, they can start with some of our programs in the app. And, and it's like that discipline of saying, I am worth it. I'm worth it. So I'm going to give myself this gift of time and that time it takes to sit with yourself, to breathe, to meditate, to learn a new skill and to do that repetition until the nerves that fire together, wire together in a new way that brings you daily harmony, health, happiness, fulfillment, and that you're just content in the joy of being. And that's what I want for everyone in the world.
0: Oh, that's good. (laughs) that's good so
1: the reason is because not to interrupt but i just want to say the reason is because i suffered so much in my life and i know what that is this is the antidote this is what all the great masters have taught yoga meditation i mean buddha was the number one enlightened master that came to the earth taught that jesus also was a yogi there's a whole town in india with statues of jesus meditating you know and there are there are lots of throughout history you can see the kings the people that rule the countries, sending ripples out to affect everyone around you.
0: Positive ripples of awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, we've got 30 to 45 seconds, sister, for you to talk to our our audience, Six Continent Wide, on how can they create the best version of themselves beginning today?
1: Number one, start with gratitude. I always think of that. When I was speaking in the United Nations, we did a 22-minute gratitude meditation even oprah says she does this every day journaling five things you're grateful for can and will absolutely change your life but don't just write it down really feel it feel it in the core of you that alone can change your life and then all these other things that i teach that will also help so if you want to find me definitely reach out i'm on social media everywhere dashima instagram facebook youtube and um all the different platforms as well as on my website. And if anybody's interested in doing the yoga training, you can contact me directly, support at flowstate.yoga, flowstate.yoga.
0: So good. You are an abundance of awesome, sister. Thank you. I know you're a busy Chiquita. I really, really, really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you. So happy to meet you and much love to you and your family and everyone listening.
0: Awesome. Make it a great day.